2.49 meters, crown to toe. It's a big guy. Yeah. Weight? I estimate about 270 kilograms. Oh, my God. What? This claw. The posterior end is soft. What does that mean? It means that this is a very young bear. you telling me this thing's a bait? I'm just as shocked as you. DNA must have undergone some kind of radical biochemical amplification, including extraordinary growth. Hello and welcome to another episode of That's So Random, a random movie podcast. It's a very exciting day. Uh, our movie today is Savage Planet, a sci-fi original movie, I think, from 2006 chosen at random last week my guest today there's there's people that you have that you have friends on twitter and it's not really a thing i would go so far as to say that this person is my friend but it's one of the few people on twitter that i have had genuine legitimate conversations with over the years he is a dodgers baseball twitter viral sensation yes uh one of the hosts of the wonderful disaster girls podcast an author this is triple threat amanda smith hello ma'am how are you hi thanks i'm good thanks for having me that's a much better bio than i've ever given myself so thank you for that well that's I mean, <laughs> no, so I appreciate, I appreciate, I, I appreciate it, man. That was a, that was a wonderful intro. Thank you. Um, I, I normally describe myself as just, I am too online is normally my description. So that's a way better way to, to give me as an intro. No. Um, so you and Jordan, your co-host on Disaster Girls do movies like this kind of. Yeah. Did you do you think that this is the kind? Because you've done like Grizzly Rage. How does this compare to <laughs> <laughs> this? Definitely. So this this could qualify for sure as one of. Normally we're we're doing the rule for us is basically is this something that you could do to your town in Sim City, um, and if you could, if uh -huh. you, it, then it counts as a mo a disaster movie. So uh, it's pretty much anything that you could have done to a town in Sim City qualifies any which it gets a little little kind of smushy around the edges on that but for the most part that's our, our ruling um and i would say i would say somehow somehow existing on another planet uh prehistoric bears hyper intelligent bears that would fall into that category it was definitely as i said to you earlier is definitely a movie so there is that it is somewhat a movie yeah definitely filmed some things um you guys get into things and I'm, we're not going to step on your guys's toes as far as segments go but you guys do have a segment called the reality index um i don't know how this would fare <laughs> <laughs> but um one thing that you guys do that that i also do not is um you guys have even when it's something really bad that you guys are watching you there's still a love there there's still a just because it's part of the disaster genre it's why you're there you still give it some iota of respect 
I mean, unless it's, there's maybe one or two movies you've had that are just too complete trash to even show any love for at all. But whereas I'm more just wantonly mocking shit. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I our agree. personalities clash here. We try to at least give them the benefit of the doubt of like, well, at least you tried is normally the, the angle we're coming from. Um, and when a movie just blatantly doesn't try, we get really angry about it because it's not hard to make like a dumb disaster movie. It's not hard to put the bare, bare level of interest into it to make it worthwhile. Um, so bare when a movie interest. doesn't, yeah. <laughs> so when a movie doesn't even manage that, that, that tends to get us angrier than anything. Uh, just like, come on, just, just put a little effort into it. And yeah, this movie, might... to its credit, this movie did try. It tried to do a thing. I don't know if it did it successfully, <laughs> but it, it did try. It tried. Um, yeah, I tend, to, I tend to lean towards, or at least in my mind, I try to lean towards the idea of making a movie is very difficult. It's a miracle that any get made at all. And so, but there's a limit, you know? There's still a, a minimum bar of professionalism in filmmaking that you have to get over before I can show you any respect. Um, it's going to be very interesting. We have an episode coming up where I'm going to actually have the writer and director of a film on to talk about his film to his face. And it's going to be an interesting experiment. And, and yeah, that's definitely going to be, he's going to be a good sport. I feel like, <laughs> um, let's dive right into it. Saturday yeah. Night, starring Sean Patrick Flannery and not really anybody else. Well, the guy who plays Vickers was on Orphan Black. Otherwise, you've never seen any of these people before, probably. We open on uh, Planet Oxygen. Great name. You couldn't have come up with anything better than that. <laughs> I actually, you know, I gotta say, I appreciated that for once it wasn't like some random Greek goddess that they had named the planet after. Like, I appreciate that they didn't go like, oh, it's Pandora the way that they did for uh, Avatar oh, or yeah, sure. Planet Demeter or something like that. Just, yeah, sure, Planet Oxygen. Just give us the, tell me what the planet's good for. I, I love that. If they were like a planet Cheeto and they could just be like, well, because its main resource <laughs> is Cheeto, I'd be like, well, thank you. Now I understand what that planet is. The so Cheeto I do. Lines. Exactly. That's where we get Cheetos from, I'm assuming. They can't be from Earth, so. Exactly, right, they're too yes. delicious. Uh, it's the Calron Corporation has sent a crew there for, uh, to start with, unknown. Well, I guess they kind of explain it. There's some voiceover and stuff as the, that been. Earth is, is, Earth is, is the disaster. Between global warming and wars and nukes and everything, it's, it's about to become uninhabitable, similar to the Titan, a movie that we did some episodes ago. Um, so they've come to this planet. They found a planet that is close enough to Earth, atmosphere-wise, living conditions-wise. Um, or something, or to send us there. They'll kind of get into it as we go. Um, we see a woman who has terrible machete etiquette, machete kit. <laughs> She's just, there's four people on this crew. Two of them kind of vanish instantly. And she's just swinging this machete around willy nilly and takes off a, her friend's hand with it in, uh, 
the first of what we will come to learn is the special effects in air quotes of this film. Um, I guess it's after effects or, I mean, it looks like flying toaster screensaver stuff to me. <laughs> like it's, I thought she did him a favor because when that hand falls to the ground, you see how rubbery it is. And I was like, well, that's clearly not a good hand if it's that rubbery looking. No, thank you. She was doing, yeah, yeah. She, she got rid of, she got rid of his, his rubbery hand and let him regrow a good one. Like that was, that was a favor, honestly. And he's got pixely computer graphics blood. So he's got all mm -hmm. health problems happening. Yeah. Uh, and then he, after <laughs> getting his hand cut off and screaming, steps in. This is a very unlucky man. He steps in a hole, which collapses. He lands in a cave. But his luck turns around momentarily because he lands right next to the only existing puddle, apparently, of <laughs> glowing green Ninja Turtle ooze that his stump falls into and his hand grows back. What a miracle. But then his luck immediately turns back around because then a bear comes out of a cave and eats <laughs> him. So it wasn't his day. You win some, you lose some. You know, you get a limb back, you get eaten by a bear. It's a wash. Like, all in all, I think, it, you know, it kind of evens out in the wash. Well, and it raises a question for me is if you, how, how much does this generative thing permeate you? Is it just that wound itself or, be, or are you now eternally being digested by this bear because you can, you can no longer die? Well, yeah, that's a good question. Because what if he regenerates inside the bear and then he can just punch his way out? Well, good. Or, if, or if he's in multiple parts, like do each of those parts respawn as him? See, that's the yeah. Those are a lot of good questions to ask, but I assume maybe. that this is sort of just the one thing, because maybe, maybe go ahead. What happened to the bear? Because they find a dying bear. Maybe that's maybe that's the bear that ate him is dying. It's, yeah, filled with tiny yes. re regenerating humans. It's all pretty silly and only going to get sillier. We cut back to Earth, meet Sean Patrick Flannery's Randall Kane, who is sleeping in a turkey roasting bag. Yes. Rather than a, like, it must be the future because all blankets are made of tin foil or something. Yeah, the there it's all very shiny and sleek. He has an Alexa in 2058, which I thought was really, you know, looking forward. What? In 2006, like when he tells the when he tells the thing to shut, it was 2006. So when he tells that little radio to be quiet or to turn off, and then it turns it off for him, and I was like, that's 40 at that point, 30 year old technology that he just used. That's true, and and it looks older than that because it's basically a big microchip microchip inside of a glass circle. Yeah. It's not, <laughs> it's not uh, aesthetically pleasing the way an Alexa can be. He goes to the Canadian warplane. A lot of movies like this will hide, will go way out of their way to hide that they're being made in Canada. This movie puts it right out on Front Street as we see the Canadian Warplane Heritage Museum, which is for some reason built into the skyscraper of this, the Cal, that the Calrowan Corporation has. It's like their entry into the building. You have to go through this warplane museum we meet uh his buddies on the security team vickers and 
Stotzer. Vickers has a the cheapest looking laser gun we've ever seen, which not come up again because we're just using old ass guns once we get where we're going. I guess it's more like, look, we're in the future, laser guns. Mm-hmm. I, he even says at one point that he prefers his old-fashioned guns, which I, I gotta be, I don't know anybody who would prefer an old-fashioned gun over a laser gun. Laser guns are just inherently cooler. Or even the guns that they have once they get to plant oxygen. You know, one guy has like a cool sort of sniper rifle with a big scope. One guy mm-hmm. has s12 shotgun and he's still carrying around like an old winchester and a six yeah like doesn't you're not a very professional security guy if you're so stuck in your love of antiques snoop antiques at this point (laughs) that you can't yeah you don't often see security guys who are really going for an aesthetic like that that was really a, a choice it seems like a poor one if you're trying to survive what do i know Sean Patrick Flannery is, I mean, outside of Boondock Saints, what do we know him for? Well, Young Indiana Jones, I suppose. Okay, yeah. That's why in 2006 he was doing this film. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Because the, the long pauses of what do we know him for is just kind of just staring into space, and it's really because after those two, that we don't really got a lot else. Yeah, Boondock Saints, man. That's one of those movies that every, myself included, every 18 to 24-year-old man loves. And then hopefully you mature a bit and look back and go, oh, it's not good. It's one of those few. No, go ahead. Wasn't that that on the DVD stack that was going, that went viral? I'm pretty sure Boondock Saints was on the DVD stack of, like, movies that when you see them in a guy's apartment, you should leave immediately. Probably. I don't yeah. judge that harshly. It might just be a relic from his can't part with or something. I don't know. <laughs> they And they say that, like, hey, sequels and remakes and reboots are okay because it doesn't affect your the original, you know? Mm-hmm. Boondock Saints is different. Because I loved the Boondock Saints up until I saw mm-hmm. And then it immediately made me reappraise whether or not I liked Boondock Saints 1. And the answer was, <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> So it can have an effect. Sure. That's enough about boondock scenes. Um, did we meet the two guys running whatever this experiment is? Duncan West, who's a scientist, and James Carlson, who's the CEO of Calron Corporation. There's a biologist, Allison Carlson, who is married to the CEO, James. Not terribly happily married, maybe. <laughs> they don't seem to. Yeah, they, I, they, they seem separated in that sort of amorphous way where it could go either to it will reconcile and he will evolve as a human character, or they're going to they're separated. He's the bad guy, and she'll learn to love again. They're that kind. They're in that kind of a marriage at that point. Yeah, you can guess which one it's going to be. <laughs> And, um, yeah, it seems like it's probably sort of a deal of he needed sort of the young trophy wife, and she saw him as powerful and smart and also could advance her career a bit. I know there's nothing wrong with that, but so 
the, the motives for the relationship are in question kind of from the get-go. Then there's, who's the rest of the team? There's Gretchen Miller, who's the me the medic, the medicine the doctor expert. Um, Carter Mason, they have a lawyer. And uh, Ellen Burtzik, a reporter, because the plan is that when they go, they're going to take a lawyer and a reporter with them so that they can do a impromptu press conference and claim the rights for this corporation to own this new planet that we found, which is pretty on, on brand for. <laughs> yeah. That's just how it works. Now you can just, as long as you bring, as long as you bring a video camera, you can claim land as your own. That's those are international laws actually. It's actually shocking to me that there is not a McDonald's billboard on our moon at currently as we speak. By the time that this podcast goes up, it could be there. <laughs> it might be. <clears throat> Trump's not out of office yet, so... Exactly. Happen. Uh, there's also a guy who's... You wouldn't know it from watching the movie, but his name is Joe Alvarez. His one distinguishing feature is that he has on his face. He never says a word, does he? No, I don't... I think that he has, like, a line of dialogue about being about being there to protect them. And... Yeah, that's about all we get from him. He glares yeah. very he glares very convincingly. He does, to the point that your expectation is, especially since he's the last one to go through the teleporter, which we'll get to in a minute. Um my suspicion was that he was a saboteur or something along those lines. <clears throat> Sorry about that. No yeah, I Yeah, I fully expected him to I thought that he was going to be like the bad guy who was there for nefarious purposes with the, you know, Elon Musk type supervillain that was the the company owner. And I thought the two of them were going to be in in cahoots on something. So that was kind of an interesting little red herring that they threw at us because it turns out he was he was just cannon fodder. Yeah, and I can't tell if it was purposeful red herring or if it's just this actor only had one expression that he can make and it's menacing and so when he's the last guy to go you're waiting for him to like oh now he's gonna knock out the guy and do some kind of sabotage no he just <laughs> no he just he just dissolves from the inside so the idea behind this technology is and i have questions speaking of reality indexes <clears throat> they already have a teleportal pad on this planet waiting for them. The rest of the team doesn't know that they've already sent a team. It's a big secret because that team was wiped out. But how did you get the first teleporter there? You know what I mean? Yeah, no, how do they get it there? How do they get it set up? How did I... Because uh, it's no 20... 20,000 light years away. Yeah, and they and they sent stuff ahead. They sent ahead like a bunch of cases and things like that, which the whole teleporter works based off of DNA. And, you know, it's not as if plastic cases have DNA. So the, they had, to, I, I'm just going to assume they strapped a gigantic rocket to the back of the thing and then just launched it into space. Well, because they say that it's been... 30 years ago, they shot 
through through a black hole they shot this dna information to this planet and there's it's had 30 years of plants growing to make oxygen and animals evolving as they would have on i mean 30 years isn't a long time to evolve but um but i still don't know how they got to the planet to set up the like it's a real chicken and the egg yeah again i'm telling you man they just strap giant rockets to these things and then hope for the best because there's no there is no explanation otherwise of how they managed to get a bunch of like hardware to this planet without having a mechanism to get the hardware to the planet it yeah otherwise you're it, it makes no sense and uh, duncan west explains that yeah the dna thing where basically they shoot your dna through this portal so it's a real like the whole Star Trek theory that it's ripping your atoms apart and then putting them back together when you get to the other side. This is saying like 100% that's what we're doing. Yeah, but it also takes your clothes, fortunately. So it breaks down the DNA of your clothing so that you come back in whatever <laughs> outfit you were transported in, which I thought was, you know, a, a nice convenient touch. Yeah, by their own rules, they should be going naked. To her, like, yes, later. they should be either naked or in some sort of suit that, like, they explain very quickly that these are the only suits that can be transmitted through, you know, over 20,000 light years or whatever. That would probably have made more sense and given us an explanation versus, like, the girls' kicky little jackets go through. <laughs> um, yeah, there wasn't a t that didn't make a ton of sense. It also means that theoretically, when you arrive in your new location, any wounds that you have would have healed themselves, but that's a whole other issue. Yeah. For the end of the at the end of the movie, that's a whole other thing. I hadn't even thought of that, but yeah, that's yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Because West explains to Vickers that like, oh, I'm going to need a blood sample from you to get your DNA. He's like, why don't you just take a mouth swab? And he's like, because you don't want whatever you had the DNA of whatever you had for breakfast to get mixed in with your DNA. Which is a fair point. I mean, then, you don't want to end up like half chicken because you had some eggs for breakfast. But then that's then then they shouldn't have clothes. Right. Well, uh, again, yes. You don't want to teleport to the other side and your shirt sleeve is coming out of your back. Like, it's <laughs> not a good... Maybe that's what happened to uh, the the face tattoo guy. Maybe, <laughs> yeah. it's, maybe it's just that his pants got... Like, he, tra he got transported and then his pants wound up where his heart is. He hey. has a sock for a lung now. <laughs> Makes as much sense as any other explanation. It's a real, uh, it's a real dollar store Stargate we got going on in this room, and they're, um, they're going. Well, Wes goes through first and has to set up something to send a signal back to let them know that he made it fine and it's safe for everybody to come through. This transponder or whatever that he builds, he looks at this schematic, like this electronics schematic that in no way matches what he's building. So I don't know what the purpose of that was but um it sends a signal back and they start going through one by one it does a weird split screen thing where you can see people's reaction to everyone else teleporting and then they never use that again in the movie so it was a odd stylistic decision the uh it seems to half the people who come through like land hard and stumble and start coughing and the other half don't. So I don't know what their issues are. Or what. 
Some people's constitutions are just better suited to be broken down by into you know DNA level and then re recombobulated. It's just a thing, you know. Some people are suited for it. Some people aren't. It's like how some people are athletes and some people aren't. It's true. Mm -hmm. uh, so they yeah they go through the teleporter one by one. Some of them are smart enough to get off of this thing very quickly and go about their business. Some of them link. I mean, you got to get off of there, man. The next part mm -hmm. went through. Yeah, I thought that the timing aspect of it was really impressive, that some people really took their, like, enjoyed their moment on the stage. And I was like, but aren't you worried that someone else is going to be transported directly into the, okay, no, just going to take your time? All right. There wasn't a lot of sense of urgency happening there. No, and there should be, because last guy, Tattoo Guy, comes through, and immediately there's some sort of electric feedback happening, and blood starts pouring out of his head, and he's screaming, and he falls down, and he's dead. And Dr. Uh, Gretchen comes over to check him out and says that the reason he is dead is because his torso did not, the, his bones and organs in his torso did not teleport with the rest of him. <laughs> Bag of guts back, back on Earth. Yes, there's just a spine. Or is it just floating in the ether somewhere? I'd like to th I'd like to think that there's just like a bunch of viscera sitting on that platform and a very freaked out dude at the, at the headquarters. Yeah, that's be the janitor at Calron Corporation. <laughs> for sure. The, uh, there's some talk of like, oh, what happened? Oh, this is just something glitch. It's not a big deal. I can fix it so we can all go back when we're done. We had to have a press conference now, so our reporter is filming our CEO, James, and the lawyer saying, you know, oh, this is a great day for everybody. It's going to be for everybody, but it belongs to us, so don't get it twisted. <laughs> like, <clears throat> they noticed that some of the supplies that were sent ahead are missing, so they've been scattered, scattered to the wind on this planet. So they're low on ammo. They don't have any laser guns. All they have is, and I should have kept count because they say how much ammo they have. I should have kept count through the movie. They did run out at some point, so maybe they, they kept it in mind. But it would have been fun to see if they used way more bullets than they were supposed to have. I have a hunch they used more bullets than they were supposed to have. Just a, I just have a slight suspicion. Yeah, I'm not going to go back and watch it again to count. Yeah, no, absolutely not. <laughs> no way. So they, they're doing some looking around, some exploring. The, uh, I don't remember if it's the reporter or the doctor. One of them starts screaming. I think it's Gretchen, the doctor, that she saw something big, like nothing she's ever seen before. Yes, you have. It's a bear. Yeah, the, the fact that she was unable to identify a very large bear was a choice. I, I was like, how? I mean, I know you're, a, you're just a doctor. You're not a biologist, but... When you're like, it was big and it had fur. I mean, bear. Probably bear. Just go with your gut on this one, lady. But yeah, it was uh, it was because they had decided to just leave the body of the man just lying out there on a planet where they don't know what the predators are. They were like, well, this will be fine. So they left they left face tattoo just lying there as bait, essentially. Pretty much, because the whatever this thing that she can't describe is, it um, ate completely ate tattoo guy's body there's nothing left but red paint yeah no he 
I can't believe that he was transported and he his body, his entire torso was filled with red paint when he landed. Boys, he was probably easier to eat because he had no ribs. True. True. So, he, he's like a McRib just... sandwich, ultimately. <laughs> yeah, just right down the hatch. Mm-hmm. Um, then they go, so they're like, oh, God, what is it? They're looking around. They find a dead bear, in theory, a dead bear. This bear has his eyes open and looks at the camera, so I don't know how dead this bear is. But um, So they're checking it out. The uh, biologist is running tests on it, looking at it, and figures out that it's based on the DNA and stuff. This isn't a regular bear. This is a prehistoric cave bear. I mean, it's it's just a grizzly bear, but okay. They didn't... I don't know if it's good or bad that they didn't bother doing some kind of crazy big CGI monstrosity, because on one hand, they clearly don't have the budget to do it. But it kind of would have been funny to see what the result would have been if they tried. But no, it's just a bear, and she says it, that it's a baby one. So there's some discussion of, well, if this is the baby, what's the, you know, what's the big one going to be? Yeah, and as, yeah, which, of course, the big one's going to look just like the regular bear that they found, but we will never see it in the same frame as a human, so we can assume it's much larger. No, and they have the same three or four shots of a bear that they use. Oh, there's a bear like rearing up and roaring. There's a bear running, bear running towards the camera. It doesn't really matter where they are. It's always the same trees behind it, <laughs> even when they're in a cave. Mm-hmm. So but it's just a bear. It's nothing special. Well, that bear could, it was only available for three or four shots because it was a union bear. So it had very strict working hours. It could be. Should check that into B and see if that bear's been in other things. <laughs> it was also in Boondock Saints, actually. Ah, that's where I know him from. Yeah, that's what it was. So they have, uh, they don't make a campfire. They just have like these weird ground lamps. Mm -hmm. Which apparently get, give off heat because they one of them warms their hands against yeah. it at one point, which <laughs> I thought was a great character choice. They're just like these little bubble lamps and they. Mm -hmm. That's extra gear you had to teleport here when you could just make a fire. Like, you know how to do that, right? We're not that advanced that people have forgotten how to... <laughs> I would it's think. A, it's the future, so of course they would teleport lamps, little, little heat bulbs. Why not? You got to show that we've got the tech. I guess. Good thing they didn't get lost in the transfer. You'd be real cold since nobody knows <laughs> a fire, I guess. There's uh, an argument between Kane and Carlson about whether, because Kane's like, fuck this, it's all shot. We can't even, you know, mm -hmm. it's time to go. And Carlson's like, no, we we have a reason to be here. We have a mission we have to save everybody. So we're not leaving. And um, we have Kane and Allison, the biologist, having a conversation it's like, don't hit on your boss's wife, dude. Oh, no, he's fully, fully going for it, which like he was he's he is just like he's on an end this planet. Why not? This is the perfect time. Yeah, she was sort of debating with Carlson, too, and he kind of put his foot down 
and then um, walked off and came to Allison to talk and then Allison's saying like, you know, I, I don't know how our relationship's going to go. We're going to have to have some conversations, but you know, he's very smart and all this stuff. And Kane says he can't be that smart if he's not paying attention to a girl like you. Which is, well, it's not a, not a great line. Maybe it works. Mm. <laughs> it, it's not, in that situation, it is not the line that I would maybe go with. But, you know, I'd have other priorities at that point regardless. So maybe I'm not the right authority on this one. Yeah. Like, I'm on an abandoned planet where there's potentially deadly grizzly cave bears. Eh, maybe not the time to, to try and get a date, but that's why I'm not Kane. And our teleporter is is malfunctioning, so we might not be able to go back home. <laughs> we might be stuck here. True. So he's got to, you know, got to make sure that he gets at least some sort of action in that time, in that case. Yes. Prioritize. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Uh, Bert, Carlson asks Bertick, the reporter, to go and, like, scout around. And she says she wants a 5% partnership in the company to do that. <laughs> She's gonna, I guess, expose what it is has gone wrong or whatever. Um, defying cliches, it's not the black guy or the lawyer who dies first. No, oh, I was amazed. I was amazed by how far into the movie both of them made it. The uh, it's the reporter. She's off on her own. Bear comes. She's trying to run away. She's trying to shoot at it. It's no good. She gets decapitated in a very hysterical special effects <laughs> of, uh, and then her head, her head comes rolling into camp for everyone to see. And again, with the, this, this calling it CGI's. The, the imaging, the graphic imaging. Yeah. <laughs> CGI is being a bit optimistic, but more of that blood squirting out. It's uh it's something to see. I suppose there's a lot of movies that look like this, I suppose, but it's the sci-fi channel doesn't uh really go for it a lot of the time. <laughs> they put just the bare minimum of effort in, and I appreciate that they put in just the bare minimum. Like this is the lowest level of effort possible. Sometimes you get the little like claw marks that go across the screen, which I really like that effect. Yeah, that would be good. So now, Allison and Carlson basically break up now, which is like, it's a hell of a time. All these people have their priorities wrong. Now is not the time for this conversation. <laughs> like, you, I, he's very, you know, I need somebody, why are you siding with Kane? I need somebody who's got my back at all times, even when I'm being an asshole. So we're, we're done. It's, figure it out when you get home, man. There's <laughs> things to worry about right now. Yeah, that's the thing, is that there's not a lot of prioritizing of like, okay, well, we have to deal with that later, because right now we have to survive. No, no, all the, pro all this, all the smaller issues have to be dealt with right then and there. All of the, well, this is interrupted by tremors. So now we have earthquakes. So now we're a little more in your domain. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know what this piece of equipment that she has is. You you know a bit about fake tectonics and things. She basically has just a little handheld thing with a tube running into the ground, and from this she could tell that the core tectonics are a problem and the planet's going to implode. Yeah, yeah, that's a common, that's actually a very commonly used device in geology. Totally, totally can attest to that. It, you just run your little tube into the ground and it tells you everything about the planet. That's just how it works. And planets can spontaneously just start to blow apart at the seams like a peep that you put in the microwave. That's just <laughs> what happens to planets on, on occasion. And this has somehow been caused by what they have done shooting plant and animal DNA through this thing. Yeah, they just shot too much DNA and that the DNA rendered the planet unstable. It happens, man. I don't know why you're questioning this. You can definitely over DNA a planet. We have probably. <laughs> um, then they notice Duncan West is missing and he's taken the circuit board for the teleporter with him. So now the mission becomes we have to track down Duncan so we can get out of here while avoiding killer bears. So it's time to hike through the woods. Mason, the lawyer, is struggling and falling behind because he's out of shape. No one gives a shit except Allison. She's the only no. one back to like, hey, buddy, you can do it. Come on. Like, everyone else is like, we're leaving you behind. Fuck you. Um, no one even gave him an asthma inhaler. I felt so bad for him. Like, just give the, like, don't you guys have a, a fancy new science inhaler or some sort of oxygen thing that you can give him to keep him going? Nope, just gonna leave him there to die. And he's got carrying the most pa on his pack, too. Like, that dude was getting hazed. Yeah, they gave him got, extra stuff to carry. <laughs> like, he has a suitcase attached to his pack. It's really, like, there's a, there was a silver suitcase wedged in there. And they have, later in the movie, we'll see they have medical advances to where she can... Like saw like close up. She can close a, a wound. Yeah. Yeah. She has like a, he has a big bear scratch on his back, and she can just and like heat seal it. Nope, but they have lawyer, something for this guy. But nope, lawyer just has to sit there and and you know struggle to breathe. It's what he deserves for going to law school. <laughs> I guess as if Jurassic Park taught us anything. Exactly. Which is why you would, yeah, I would have thought the lawyer would go first, but no, he's next because they basically just leave him behind and he's struggling to come up the hill and the bear comes and takes out half of his stomach and side in a, again, laughably rendered special effects. <laughs> the, um, There's more walking, there's more sitting around talking. There's a kiss fake out here where Kane and Allison are schmoozing again. And it's getting a little, little flirty. And he sort of grabs her head and like he's gonna kiss her, but he's really pushed like pushing her to the side so that he can aim over her shoulder. It was kind of cool. It's kind of the only thing yeah. about like well, it was it was well done because I, when he did, they had just been talking about how they're basically gonna die there, and then he like cups her chin, and I, the whole time I was like, 
is this the is this the time really man but then of course he did it to be super cool and suave so that he could angle her head right so that he could shoot at a bear which yeah you know that was actually that was a fairly a fairly cool move on his part but definitely the moments leading up to it i was like maybe you guys should be walking maybe i know that maybe this is he had, they, he had just declared it was time for everyone to rest but i i feel like if there's cave bears deadly cave bears on your trail you don't need to stop to rest particularly yeah it's kane the security expert the survival expert who's like we need to stop and camp for the night and it's carlson ceo is like no we should keep going and not, mm -hmm. not on carlson's side because there's no yeah making yourself a sitting duck is I mean, I guess it's dark. Maybe you don't be wandering through strange terrain in the dark, but I don't know. I'd be more worried about the bears, personally. In most cases, I'd be more worried about the bears. So there's this shooting at bears. We don't see very often what we what the effect of that is. How many of these bears are they killing? How many are running away? We get little, just the screen is full of bear fur and then a little red of fake blood. But we don't know how many of these bears they're taking out they're going through ammo like it's going out of style um and well and carlson is there as well and he he has a gun and alice is like hey, shoot shoot and he he just runs off and leaves them to the device of these bears yeah, he absolutely just is like, well, have fun, guys, and just bounces, which I was waiting for him to finally get his heel turn. Um, I was not expecting it to be that he was going to leave his ex-wife or his, his semi-wife to die at the hands of bears. Well, we don't know if he saw, if he sort of had spied them almost kissing and, you know, talking. Their whole thing is kind of inappropriate given the situation true maybe it was like a you, you know you two deserve each other and the bears come out but uh, yeah i i don't blame him for it but i was glad that we finally got that heel turn from him so he abandons them to the bears kane catches a tree branch in the head and is instantly rendered unconscious so al's has to call for help Stotzer and well, the whole team comes running back. They get him to a cave, which doesn't seem on Bear Planet seems like maybe not the place you want to go. Right. But they they measured the bears. They measured the cave's dimensions and decided that the bear couldn't get into the cave. But still, I don't mean you. No, I agree. I I was I. <laughs> There, the total lack of concern that there was anything else on this planet other than bears, uh, that really kept, I kept being like, but maybe there's also something like one to two other deadly things. Just bears were just, it's just deadly bears on this planet. That's all that's on this planet is deadly bears and trees. Like, yeah, I questioned if there were even other animals on this planet. I mentioned that there are fish. I don't know, we never see any fish or see them finding fish, but they're, you know, they're like, why are they even attacking us? They're, they have fish to eat. But other than that, we don't, there's no birds, there's no bugs, there's no deer. I mean, there appear to be just bears. Yeah, bears, and then occasionally, and then we hear background noises of crickets. There you go. We hear, we hear bug noises kind of to show how empty it is, but 
we don't, yeah, we don't see any other animals or birds or anything else potentially on this planet other than deadly bears. And a very high density of bears for, for, for this planet. And specifically cave bears, prehistoric mm -hmm. bears. It's in the name. Yeah. yeah. Like, don't go in caves. Climate, well, climbing trees no good either. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe had a fire instead of a lamp. That might scare them off, especially because the bears wouldn't have seen fire before. <sighs> yeah. Uh, it's in this cave that we learn that apparently Stotzer and Gretchen the Doctor are an item. We never saw any evidence of this, but apparently everyone else did because Vickers like, oh, he's like, yeah, she's great. But it never, we never saw anything up to that. It doesn't add up to much, so it's kind of pointless. Right, but we do, it does create some really nice tension between uh, the two other security guards for absolutely no reason. So, you know, at least there's that. Yeah, Kane, like, Kane, you don't get to hit on Allison and then be mad that Gretchen's not like, he should have just as good a shot as you. Absolutely. Uh, Vickers has a bum ankle for some reason that we also didn't see that I can remember. But he's complaining it, to the doctor that his ankle is hurt. It comes and goes. It does very much come and go. Um, more, more bears. There's the same shot. Because there's bears outside in the woods and there's a shot of the bear in a cave that we're going to use a number of times the same shot um Alex was exploring in the cave finds a human sc skull brings it over to gretchen the doctor and says i think it's human as opposed to what <laughs> yeah you think it's human what? i think it's i think human it's human look me. at Look at this skull. I think it's human. It looks like a human skull. You know, she, look, she's a biologist. She's not a doctor. I guess. I mean, there's, the human skull is pretty immediately identifiable as human. There's not. Yes. And there's a, and there's a metal plate in it. Runners. So there's not a ton of question on this one. But, you know, everyone, she, she, she's just asking important questions. Yeah, there is a metal plate in it, which lets them know that it's Harling, a guy who, as far as they know, just, like, went missing or retired or whatever. But no, he's the guy from the beginning who grew back his arm and then was killed by a bear. This is his skull. So now the secret's out. There was a team here before you, and things went tits up. Day daylight comes. Lump of home. They need to rappel down the not even slightly steep hill that I've ever seen. <laughs> like, yeah, it's a very, that's a very like low grade that they suddenly have to rappel down, but it's apparently a deadly fall. Yeah, they treat it like they're going down the cliffs at Broadchurch. Like the three of us are going to be tied together and we got to back down slowly. And when you know it, a tremor hits right then. They all fall off the line, roll down the hill. 
Gretchen badly enough that she has internal bleeding, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, night again. Day and night come real fast on this planet. And I don't know if that's a function of the planet and its orbit or if it's just competent. I think that just I think that just it's a matter of convenience in this case. So it's nighttime again. She's laid up for internal bleeding. She seems to be doing okay now. She's doing great and she's lying on her stomach, which seemed yes. like a like, <laughs> like a bad way to heal from internal bleeding given that she was just, you know, have blood coming out of her mouth. But yeah, she's doing okay. She's just, she's holding up all right. Must be more of that magic medical gear that they have mm-hmm. for certain people. Um, her and Stotzer are having a cute little conversation. Well, actually, it's a very dumb conversation because Stotzer's like, oh, I've never had anything to lose. And she says, well, you should find one. And he goes, find what? <laughs> Something to lose. Like, what else could she possibly have been talking about? What you just said? <laughs> but uh, she gets pulled out the back of the tent so she was injured and healed for nothing because the bear gets her immediately anyway. Um, Stotzer wants to run off and save her because this is his new lady friend and they sort of hold him back. I feel like he could have gotten out if he was a little more... Gunk-y. Yeah, he could have been maybe a little bit more forceful in it and escaped to go save her. But half measures are good enough. They waste a bunch more bullets shooting at it before somebody wisely said get her. Which I don't know. I feel like a pretty big bear. It's a pretty big target. Unless they're all really bad shots. Yeah, these guys are supposed to be security experts. They should be able to shoot the side of a barn, which is, you know, approximately how big this bear is. But in result, Gretchen is dragged away and well we'll see what happens to her in a minute. No right now, but it's pretty funny. Um Allison says, how did I write this down? Allison says something about rapidly becoming a skeptic. Oh, she's like, I believe, like, I'm understanding this. I believe in science, but I'm rapidly becoming a skeptic. Why? This is all science. You tested core tectonics. It's DNA flying around and tell, like, this is all science. We didn't just meet a ghost. And there's nothing, like, (laughs) it's not as if she's becoming skeptical about, she's going to become a skeptic about science. So she's going to believe in things that have no basis in fact versus it made it was a weird choice with like a little fringe of that sort of like the a scientist is supposed to learn an important lesson about believing but also we never learn what she's supposed to be believing in either so yeah this is just this is kind of the end result of science actually is throw a bunch of dna at a planet shake it up and see what happens that's the entirety of kind of evolution isn't it yeah if anything this is irrefutable proof that the science you believe in is correct (laughs) but it's just you know it's a screenwriting thing where they thought she needs some kind of cool thing to say even if it doesn't make any sense whatsoever right so Stotzer pushes game down for some reason and runs off into the woods because he's going to go save Gretchen on his own Um, and promptly loses a knife fight with this bear. <laughs> well, he finds, oh, hold on. He 
walking through a field and he finds Gretchen half buried like a whack-a-mole in like a prairie dog hole which I don't know if the bears are like smart enough that they're leaving bait the bear the bear set a trap it was the one time we get to see the bear setting a trap but yeah that was definitely supposed to be because they even say like they can hear her screaming and they're like well that's that might be the bears trying to lure us and yeah that's exactly what they did which I wanted to see more of the bears as rafters like planting traps and stuff I thought that was cool yeah, I mean, they act like this is the bear from Annihilation. Like, yeah. <laughs> but it's not. It's just a bear. <laughs> yeah, this movie, really, this movie paved a lot of road for Annihilation to cover back up. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, so he comes across the top half of her sticking out of this hole in the ground and goes to pick her up, and, of course, it's just her top half. But she's groaning as he moves her. She's like, oh. Yeah, I, she was still way more alive than she could possibly have been. Her intestines are dangling. She is way too alive for that situation. <laughs> so I don't know. That was the funniest part to me. But, um, yeah, he's been suckered by these bears because now the bear's right there, and he's going to pull a knife out and fight with it. And he's getting hit by... A Muppet, or not even a Muppet, it's just like it's someone wearing a big furry bear glove who's just swinging <laughs> hammer frame and smacking him in the face. And he gets his head like crushed in a bear hug, a literal bear hug. So they're, drop, they're dropping like flies now. The, um... They find more supplies. I don't remember who it, who it is, but somebody... Sends back to Earth the Unibot, and I laughed my balls off because this Unibot is just, it looks like a snow globe, and you take the top off, and there's like a microchip inside. Like, it's not a, a robot. It, well, it looks like um, those speakers that Apple came out with in the early 2000s for, the, for, the, your, for your iMacs. Do you remember those? The little, like, dome-shaped speakers that were really popular for 30 seconds? Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what that was. Yeah, it looks like that, and it's just on little legs, but it doesn't move. It's not a. It's in no way a bot. Mm-hmm. And it's. Yeah. <laughs> but they send that back through to Earth for reasons I'm not remembering off the top of my head. What? Oh, why they that had been sent back to Earth? That was sent back by the first team to show the amazing like discovery of the serum. Oh, to right. show they had, yeah, that had happened. That was a flashback, flashback to show. It was a flashback to show that um, the guy getting his hand chopped off by a machete, and then regrowing it. Yes, because this bot was set up and recorded video of the exact shots of the beginning of the movie from some, yes on a cave wall, and then out, outside the cave, and also inside. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty impressive bot. Yeah. So now they learn that this. The real reason they have come is because they discovered this Vita Sera, a serum of life, and that's why Carlson is really here. He doesn't really care about this being a habitable planet that you could throw people on an ark and send them here or teleport or whatever. Um, he just wants this, obviously, because he wants to sell it. He's a green, mm-hmm. you know, corporate guy, but... 
also this would be a good thing to have because in theory if we make enough of this we can give it to all the people and then it won't matter how polluted the earth is they'll be able to breathe just fine it will heal people and protect them from pollution. yeah it'll like it because any illness that we have will just be regenerated so any damage to your lungs from bad oxygen any of that it just regenerate you which that yeah, so seems not, not let's learn a lesson about damaging our planet or right the easy fix so that's no, it it's a much better solution just to to keep all of the humans on this planet alive um and continue damaging the planet through nuclear like we hear about a, a nuclear war from 20 years prior and things like that so this will be fine yeah now if no one dies surely your overpopulation problem will go away because <laughs> like everyone better stop fucking because no more kids are allowed because we are at max capacity mm-hmm. they find the uh the missing cases that they've been looking for that were teleported over earlier and were thrown hither and yon um but they're mostly empty and they're like oh carlson took them all took everything how there's like seven or eight big cases of stuff how much stuff can he carry i don't know what was in these cases presumably you're missing ammo and stuff but i don't think carlson took all of this stuff by himself i was so hoping for bears with guns I was so hoping the bears had evolved to the point where they understood how to use that to use weaponry and we we're gonna get like a Rambo bear. It'll be something. Where you finally get to the teleporter you're looking for and the bears they're like uh not so Yeah. A bear a bear teleporting itself in the last part is like you have to fight the bear back on Earth. I would have taken any of that. <clears throat> it's not that kind of movie, I'm afraid. No, it was no bears with guns. Very disappointing. Now it's it's bye bye Vickers time. He gets grabbed by a bear and he's he's pulling his legs, but he's cov- covered head to toe in blood. Mm-hmm. Just soaked in it. And he's yelling for Keen to shoot him, shoot me, shoot me, rather than try to shoot the bear. I don't know. It'll- well, because he's already been pulling, he's getting pulled in half by bears, so he knows he's not going to live. So he'd rather die quickly than painfully be eaten alive after being felled because he has a bad foot of some sort. So yeah, he, he just wants to be shot to be taken out of his misery because he knows he's going to get eaten alive. I, I, I don't blame him. From the close-up, we can sort of gather that he's being pulled. Yeah, like one bear has his arms and one has his legs and they're pulling on him. But we only ever see one bear and we barely see that. So I wasn't, <laughs> it's not 100% clear if it's two bears pulling on him or he's just really stubbornly holding onto a tree and it's pulling on him or what. Regardless... His foot gets taken off, and Keen shoots him. So the team is down another member. Mm-hmm. They find the teleporter hub that they're looking for. There's a bear next to it, and they're like, shoot it, shoot it. And he's like, no, it's too close to the hub. Again, how bad of a shot are you? Yeah, no, he could shoot the bear, or he could completely take out the machinery. That's just kind of... Those are the risks you run, man. You know, there's a 50-50 shot every time that you could just, your bullet could just suddenly curve wildly to the left, no matter how good of a shot you are. Especially since you're not using the advanced weapons you could be using. You just have your six-shooter and you're, like, it's hard. You're not spraying bullets around randomly. You can aim at this bear and shoot it without hitting the, it would be very simple. But no, a smarter plan would be to distract it and run off into the woods and lead it away 
on a chase so that the other two can go and get this hub running. I don't know. It seems counterintuitive to me. Yeah, it... It didn't make a ton of sense, especially since we have no reason, like he runs off in one direction and we have no reason to believe that there's only one bear. So we don't know that that wasn't a decoy bear. We've seen that the bears hunt in packs. He yes. took a, he, he put a lot of faith in the fact that there was only one bear, uh, all things considered. 100%. Um, and it, it doesn't matter anyway, because when they get to the hub, after he leads this bear away, they find that the circuit board they need is missing. So they still have to go and find West anyway, or Carlson or whoever has it. We see Carlson come out of the cave. He is gone and he has got the, the serum of life. He's gone and got the, the Vita. He has a sample of it. So he's good to go. He decides to stop and eat pot roast. <laughs> yes, yes. An important you, you want to make sure that you're recharged before you get back to your home planet. So you have to eat a pot roast. I mean, you're in woods full of prehistoric killer cave bears. You have mm -hmm. men with guns looking for you. But you're going to stop and eat your MRE. But, never never bad time for pot roast. Well, he's got a mouthful of pot roast when he gets a punch in the face from Allison. Well deserved. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, she lays him out. Keen is... Kane gives West, because they found West at this point, he gives West the gun as like a test rather than aiming the gun himself mm -hmm. at Carlson to get the information of where the circuit board is. He gives it to, well, I guess, as a loyalty test or something to prove whose side is not actually on. He took the bullets out of the gun first, so lucky for him Carlson didn't jump up and try anything. Carlson tells them that he left the scoreboard in his backpack back in the cave. Which I don't... Why would you do that if you weren't expecting to be caught by these people? Yeah, you need to get off I, the planet. You were planning to just stop and eat your pot roast and then go and teleport yourself home and leave these people here. Why would you leave the thing you need back in the cave to come out and eat pot roast? He wanted to, he didn't want the cave to end up smelling like pot roast. I get the like I don't like to cook in my apartment without some windows open because I don't want my whole apartment smelling like whatever I'm eating. Same problem probably for the cave. He just didn't want the whole cave smelling like pot roast. So now a chase ensues through these caves. So it's it's Carlson in front, then Dominic's kind of behind them, and then Allison and Kane are bringing up the rear. She leans on something, which turns out to be a bear. And she says, I don't think this is a rock. The biologist with a handful of fur really had to think about whether or not it's a rock that she's leaning on. You know, it takes some time. Rocks, there's a, there, it's well known that rocks and bears when their bear is sleeping are very similar. I sometimes have had difficulty figuring out if the rock samples I have here are rock samples or tiny bears. Tiny bears. Tiny bears. 
That'll be a good movie. Would <laughs> <laughs> you rather fight one giant bear or a hundred tiny bears? Oh, a hundred tiny bears. That's sure. without a question. Well, how tiny? Well, I'm as small as your rocks. I don't know. Then very, yes, because I can just kick them. That, that's like the palm of my hand. Those would just be adorable. <clears throat> so Carlson is in front. He's running away. And he runs into the puppet of a bear. Like, he runs head first into someone with the bear gloves. Mm-hmm. And his head comes off. So that's the end of Carlson. Now, that bear, because Car- I'm trying to figure out the geography here. Because Carlson ran out, was ahead of them, and he gets taken out by a bear. They catch up to Carlson's body. And that bear is not there. The bear is back behind them chasing them. So I don't know. Where did the bear... How did they... Bear, these are highly evolved teleporting bears. That's how they can move so quietly. They teleport. Or it turned back into a rock. It disguise. Mm-hmm. They can do... They have a lot of different... These bears are tricky, man. They've got a lot of different tactics. Uh, a bear also gets Duncan... Rather, not decapitated, rather unspectacularly, just kind of scratched up and falls down. So we're down to just our heroes, Kane and Allison. He's going to hold the bears off so that she can take the Vita and teleport away. She sort of cut, tries to talk him out of it, but not (laughs) that much. Um, She gets through the teleporter. The bears get a hold of him, take off his foot or part of his leg, and he's crawling back onto the teleporter. Yeah, they just pop his foot right off. Sure, it sure does. Like a... Yeah, it just just pulled right... It just yanked right off real clean. And he was able to crawl back to the teleporter even though he was hemorrhaging from his ankle. So he gets to... He gets up onto the teleporter pad, or at least the top half of him does. And then we cut away. So, given what happens in the next scene, do we think that the bears took his legs or that he just teleported the top half of his body? I mean, I think that we're, I think we're meant to believe that he teleported all of his body, but that his foot didn't regenerate, which is not how that teleportation should work. His... His foot should have regenerated from that teleportation. Because the way that it's filmed, the way that he's laying on the pad when he pushed the button, my thought was that he teleported without his legs and left his legs behind. I I thought that I didn't even think of that. It could be, but I don't think we're meant to think that. I think we're just meant to think that he loses just the the one foot. Um, But again, the rules of the teleportation aren't totally clear, so... Sure, we could. It could also just be that he just he just teleported his torso. Far, far from clear. And the the, the last scene of the movie is in a press conference in our in our Canadian aircraft museum. Uh, Alex <laughs> there with a the news crew saying that she's inherited the company from her poor late husband, and we have this serum now. We're going to save all the people of Earth with it. Uh, the first person we tried it out on is our friend Randall Kane who walks in with his legs just fine because they've grown back. 
And that's it. Roll credits. That's yeah. The end of the movie. There's not a whole lot to it. It's all very silly. I don't really do ratings on here. You guys have your your towering. Yeah. I don't think you can really rate like I with with your structure. I don't know that there's a way to rate your movies because you've got such a wide range of them. Um, this is definitely within my own world. This was not one that I would ever go back and revisit again, just because while there was a high density of bear attacks, which I appreciated, it also just felt so slow. It was so much. This movie was just people walking through the woods. Just so yeah. much walking, so and much walking high, in the woods. It's a high density of the same bear attack. Yeah, that too. There's not a lot of variation between the bear attacks. So it's just, it's a movie, it exists, but it's not not as thrilling as one might expect when you hear, it's a planet full of cave bears, and just cave bears. Yeah, I mean, there maybe could have been something here with, you know, an actual budget and, and whatnot, but this is, yeah. I mostly just compare it to other movies I've watched. This is not remotely the worst movie I've watched for this podcast, but it's it's definitely in the bottom, like, five. <laughs> it's not, <laughs> um, yeah, not really worth your time. Um, so I'm time. Now is the time in the program when I push my magic button to figure out what my movie for next week is, chosen completely at random from everything streaming, or at least all the services that I have anyway, which is most of them. Let's see here. Next week's movie will be Let's Kill Grandpa This Christmas. Why do I get a Christmas movie the week I should have gotten this last week? Nope, this is perfect timing for you. This, this is this is in line with the, the spirit of the podcast, which is that you can get a Christmas movie one to two weeks after Christmas. That's true. So close. Um, looks like a, a comedy, maybe? Closer kind of looks like a horror movie, but I'm guessing it's a comedy. Made in 2017. It is on Tubi. Everybody can get Tubi, so that's your homework for next week. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, man. This was fun. Slumming it over here. For people who don't know, first off, go listen to Disaster Girls. Uh, how not too long ago, just a few weeks back, or maybe a month back, however long it was, you guys had Paul Feig on your podcast. And here you are with me. So <laughs> I deeply appreciate your time out of your day to be on my rinky-dink little outfit. Thanks for having me on here. I had a great time. This was definitely not one I would have watched otherwise. And now this is a movie I have seen. Now this is a movie you have seen. <laughs> um, and you can spare Jordan from heaven to watch it. Yeah, that is, well, Jordan, I feel like Jordan's going to end up watching this somehow anyway. Jordan has seen the number of movies that Jordan has seen, particularly of, like, bad horror that Jordan has seen, is really unparalleled. Why well, Tubi is the place to go for that. So. Yes. <laughs> uh, where can people find you if you wish to be found? Sure. So um, on Twitter, I'm Amanda R. Tubbs. That's T-U-B-B-S. So Tubbs with two Bs. Um, and then my podcast is Disaster Girls, which you can find on pretty much any streaming service. We're disaster underscore pod on Twitter if you want to find us there, where I am spending way too much of my free time. Uh, also trying to get people to engage with that Twitter account as well as my own. So. And uh, what about your book? 
Oh, that's true. Okay. So also I have, I wrote this book of like microfiction that is about if uh, the baseball player Chase Utley had fought in World War II, but also played for the 2017 and 2018 Dodgers. If you're at all a baseball fan, if you kind of like just weird, have a weird sense of humor, if you want something a little absurd, uh, pick that up. It's on Amazon and it's called Le Renard Argente. And it's sort of like a picture book. It's everything is a, uh, I have really, I got some really great graphic artists to do images for all the little vignettes and stuff. And it's just this weird, wonderful, inglorious bastards meets baseball mix. So yeah. Yeah, she's she's a fun follow. She's got a cute dog named Kit. Thank you. Yes, I tried to keep him quiet through most of this podcast. Hopefully that you, you don't hear too much barking. Oh, you're fine. So uh, yeah, she's a fun follow. Give her a look. Thanks for having me again. I appreciate yep. it. Our disaster girls. We are, I'm at Heath Lambert 78 on Twitter. The pod is that so random P2. If you have any comments, questions, suggestions, there's an email for the show at uh, that's so random pod at gmail.com. We have, uh, yeah, let, let's kill grandpa this Christmas for next week. That's your homework. Everybody should choose to accept it. And um, thank you again. Thank you. This hope was everybody had, how was your Christmas? I hope everybody had a good Christmas, Hanukkah, everything. <laughs> Mine was wildly uneventful. Wildly uneventful. I'm Jewish, but I also don't particularly do anything for Hanukkah. So I just slept a bunch. It was great. <laughs> and especially in these times. Well, you probably watched a bunch of, I know you were very excited for Christmas programming. Yes, and I haven't watched near as much. I'll probably go through a lot of that in the next couple days. Just I think literally the only we burned through all of Gavin and Stacy last week, so I watched both of those Christmas specials in there, and I think that's the only Christmas content I took in at all. <laughs> so, and then Wonder Woman and Soul, which if it weren't for the format of my show, I would have had an emergency episode on my on how dumb Wonder Woman was. That's neither here nor there. Good for this week. Thank you for listening, everybody. Thanks again to Amanda for being here. And it was nice to finally have your face and voice at the same time. It was good to speak with you, too. Okay. Bye, everybody. Bye, guys.